Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. We are back with another live episode of Bully Ball on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Jason Aponte, joined as always by Steph Sanchez. And Stephanie, let me ask you something. Thanksgiving's a time for reflecting, it's a time for food, it's a time for football, but it's also a time to dominate and destroy those bum-ass Seattle Seahawks. Steph, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, man, it was great. For one, I'm glad that the game was the nighttime game, because then I was able to enjoy my, you know, morning, I was able to actually eat without, like, stressing a little too much, you know? Um, it it was awesome. And to see the guys at the end of the game eating that turkey in that small last table, even though it was a small table, uh, you know, it was awesome. I, I definitely stayed up late to to watch that. I'm sure you did too, Jay. And I also liked, you know, just a little sidebar that they brought out more than two players because in the past it's always just been two guys. It wouldn't have surprised me if the 49ers being how they are asked hey can we bring in some more guys to this shoot and you know they probably did that and then Kittle bringing the the turkey back to the locker room I mean come on now yeah and (laughs) look that is a bookend right there of this rivalry okay the Seahawks for a large majority of this time ran the rivalry the 49ers couldn't find a way to get wins but now the tables have turned literally you know Thanksgiving tables have turned. And now you guys are little, bro. You guys can't get a win. You guys are little. You guys can't beat us. It's such a beautiful thing. And it's also it's also my favorite dish that's being served on Thanksgiving because I love apple pie as dessert. But humble pie is my favorite. Mm. So Pete Carroll, He's Seattle spitting. Seahawks fans. The Seattle Seahawks fans who were so loud about this game. I can't wait for Thanksgiving. I can't wait. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, baby. So before we get into the real game of this week, you know, we can go back a little bit on Thursday. But Steph, my analysis of this game kind of goes out the window because I pride myself on trying to be objective and, and understanding the ins and outs of why things are happening. I found myself in this game not caring about any of that at all right i was just like i i was seeing like red because of the 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 seahawks and thanksgiving Mm -hmm. it was just nice to just be a fan and let go and just enjoy and bask in the beatdown in seattle it's just like even when there was that little moment after the pick six where you're like ah 
here we go. That kind of just got stomped out pretty quickly. So, yes, this this isn't a rivalry anymore until you win a game, Seattle. It's not a rivalry anymore. I used to pray for times like this. Oh. <laughs> I swear. I swear. Like, it's crazy to think. But, yeah, I, I definitely think the tables have turned for both of these franchises. Geno Smith is not that guy, pal. And I, I thought it was hilarious watching uh, Pete Carroll – chewing his gum on the sideline. We had, we had him throwing out those things. Like he, he was going through it. He was going through it. Um, I was surprised I didn't see DK Royd raging uh, because Mooney Ward had him strapped the hell down all freaking games. So credit to Mooney Ward, credit to Ambry Thomas. Who would have thought that we would be talking about Ambry Thomas in a, such a positive light at this point in the season? Yeah, there we go. Uh, Pete Carroll. I love the face. It's so good. I love it. I love it. I just, I, even, but you know what, though? I will say this. Even when they're distressed and Seattle's losing, he's still, like, not losing his mind. Like, I could go for a little bit more of, of hysterics from Pete Carroll. But just like Pete Carroll always does, no matter what, well, we're going to be fine. You know, I, I think, you know, there's a few mistakes. You know, like, it's just, oh, my God. Do you ever really just get mad at anything ever? I, I just, it, it me off that he never gets off but do you think that's like a facade though like do you think of course he it is does yeah a, like to just it's a defense mechanism his... yeah. yeah it's a defense mechanism it's everybody love everybody it's everything's great um all my players are good even if they stink um it's just annoying i i just i hate it so much i would i would i would kill to watch him slam a tablet down. I would kill to watch him yeah. kick over a cooler or something. Like, just be a little mad, well, dude. Him, like you were... him, him throwing his gum is probably the closest uh, we're going to get. That oh, man. Great, that was a great pray, shot there. Pray, pray for the person that it almost hit. Um, but, look, in terms, of, in terms of the rivalry, like, that's done. That's out the window now at this point. And I don't want to hear anything more about the Seattle Seahawks. They have a ways to go. Like, you're not in this tier. You're not on that level. You guys are not that guy at all. So I don't want to hear it anymore. Um, but I did want to talk about what you, you know, you actually had analysis. Charverius Ward went into this game as, like, the most targeted guy. And I think a lot of people were looking at him and saying, hey, you know, either we're going to throw the ball up at him in a jump ball situation and try to win, or we're going to try to draw a penalty. None of that happened in this game. And Charverius Ward turned in his best game as a 49er. And – if he continues to play in that fashion, um, this defense goes to a whole nother level. Now, Embry Thomas, this is the biggest surprise. I believe he was the highest graded coverage member by PFF. This is the biggest surprise because at the trade deadline, everyone wants a corner. We don't know what goes into that, right? It takes two to tango. You don't know if the 49ers offer something. Maybe they didn't you know, get something back. You saw Jalen Johnson have almost like three interceptions yesterday. He, he was incredible for Chicago. But Steph, what if the 49ers trade deadline move was in the building the entire time? What if Ambry Thomas was your trade deadline chip that you now have gotten something out of? And it just it just makes this secondary so much more scary. This defense is playing at the level that we thought it would all season. And and quick credit to Lenore as well, who has been a big improvement uh, from Isaiah Oliver in the nickel spot too. Um, and I think part of the reason that you know, having Mooney Ward follow DK around was so successful is the fact because you have Ambry Thomas, who was also holding his spot down, right? Um, he allowed just two catches, 16 yards allowed in his coverage, two pass breakups, interception. That was a that was a nice interception. He got a passer rating of 20.8 when throwing in his coverage is what Geno Smith has. So he's been nails, like not just this game. I think this game was just like an accumulation of like the previous other two, uh, but he's he's been nailed since the bye week since he he's been starting on the outside. So you love to see it. It really feels like if Ambry Thomas could continue to turn in these types of performances along with Mooney Ward, they've unlocked like another level that they could take this defense in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and again, front end, back end. Completely married. Nice to see you, Javon Hargrave, defensive line. Uh, Fred Warner, again, incredible. Defense played out of his mind. It never really felt like Seattle was moving the ball at all. I think their first few points were just off of that kick return. Uh, it just never felt yeah. like this game. This game had its little tense moment at, after the pit, pick six, and you just kind of felt like, uh-oh, okay, now what? How do you respond? But that was it. This game was never in doubt. Um, 
the Seattle Seahawks are just not on the San Francisco 49ers level. And I don't want to hear about them anymore. I don't want to hear about them anymore. I don't want to hear about, you need to be worried about them. The 49ers right now are dominating the NFC West and they are just beating the brakes off of all of them. So I don't want to hear it anymore about Seattle and I don't want to hear it anymore about a rivalry. You have to, in a rivalry, win a game. Now we're going on, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, four straight, right? Um, and the worst part is not to look ahead, but in two weeks, the 49ers get to do it again. And you can game plan all you want, Seattle, and you can try to figure some things out. There's nothing to do with a talent gap. When the talent gap is this far, when this team is just better than you, game plan your little hearts away because it's just going to happen again. There's nothing you can do. So it's really nice to be on the other side of this. So if you notice, I'm taking a longer, vic- I'm taking a longer victory lap on this because the game did happen on Thursday. Today's Tuesday. But we haven't had a chance to talk about it. But it really feels good to be on this side of it now because I was so tired of being on the other side of it. And Seattle fans weren't so nice about it. So if you think I'm going to be nice about it, be the bigger person, just because I'm tall doesn't mean I'm going to be the bigger person. I'm going to be the much smaller person. I'm going to be the way smaller person this time when it comes to this. So Seattle, hope your Thanksgiving was fun because I had a blast. I had fun. But I think I think it's nice, too, because we were looking at this three game stretch. Right. You know, Seattle, Eagle, Seattle and thinking, wow, that's the gauntlet. But suddenly seeing how the 49ers performed against Seattle, it's a nice little test. I think as far as just perseverance more than anything, because, you know, you're playing in Seattle. You never really know what can happen. You can't let your guard down kind of thing. So in that sense, it was a bit of a test. But as far as the talent, you mentioned the talent gap, that is definitely there. So suddenly, like this stretch does not look scary. Like the only thing that the 49ers are focused on now is beating the Eagles. And it's really just a, you know, Seahawks sandwich there. And we're we're now in the meat of the quote unquote gauntlet, which is so scary. Hey yo! All right. Uh, <laughs> was that oh, damn? Was that positive? Hey yo! All right. <laughs> what? Uh, no. Let, let's talk about I'm the like offense a little back bit in too. My head, like... It just as soon as I heard, it, I was like, "Hey yo!" All right. But it, it, the thing is, is the offense was really good in this game as well, too, right? Like obviously the numbers. Brock Purdy has two hundred something passing yards. Um, but Christian McCaffrey back to running the football. I really enjoyed what I saw from Elijah Mitchell as well, too. I think that's something that we're kind of losing sight of every week. He seems to be a little bit better. And and that's really great. You know, Brandon Ayuk has two catches, but one of them is an amazing catch on a throw from Purdy in which Kyle Shanahan looks so fired up because he explained after the game that that was set up for a 12 yard, you know, check down, but he makes the throw with touch and he scores. And, and that's, that's Kyle looking like, Oh my God, like all these things that are there, he's seeing it and he's doing it. Like Kyle is just having a ball right now calling plays. That's a beautiful thing. Don't you see a little bit more from George Kittle, especially in a primetime game on Thursday? But Debo Samuel, is Debo Samuel the engine of this offense really, even though Christian McCaffrey's there? Like there's something about like when Debo plays that this offense just feels like it's different, even if he's not necessarily touching the ball a lot, Steph. It's just, it just feels like there's a little bit more juice when Debo's in the lineup. That's because he's he's the tone setter, right? And I, I think it was so clear to me in the three games that he was out that this offense does miss him if he's not out there, even with all the other weapons that they have. Like, he brings something to this offense, as you said, even when he's not getting the ball. And I think it's a mentality thing. Uh, it, it just, when you have a guy like that who plays the way that he does, when he does have the ball in his hands, you feel a lot better when he's out there. Um, and so... Yeah, it, it was nice to see him get involved again. Uh, I would like to see that carry into this game against the Eagles, too. I'm sure we'll talk about, like, actually, let's just get into it now. Like, the 49ers have an advantage in terms mm-hmm. of the rest, right? Like, they mm-hmm. have Finally. three days extra rest going into this one. The Eagles mini played mini-buy. The Eagles had a tough two-game stretch going into this game including that OT game against the Bills. Their defense played 92 snaps. Good. So I think you could take advantage of that as much as you can going into mm-hmm. it as far as the play calling goes, right? Let's dial up some more runs for Debo Samuel, uh, some yards at, after the catch. You know, I've, I've actually thought it's been interesting that the 49ers, like for a few weeks now, haven't really relied on yards after the catch to move the football. Mm-hmm. I think about how much they relied on that, you know, in seasons past. 
And you talk about Brock Purdy and how he's he's able to push the ball downfield. You no longer really need that element. But sometimes I feel like it's nice to have it in your back pocket. Like mm-hmm. they, they can always go back to it if they want to. They could still do it. They have the guys to do it. So, again, like this could be one of those games where maybe you bring that element back a little bit just yeah. to move the ball, just to put more mileage on these Eagles defensive players. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't you can't look at the as many plays as they've had and not think that way. Right. Um, but for me, when you look at how the 49ers have four teams that they faced off of a bye this year, the least amount of rest, right? Like this many buyers is perfect right here in front of this game as well, too. So they can get ready. I don't have any sympathy for the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, nobody was having sympathy for the 49ers when they had to go out there, you know, on short rest or fly across the country, whatever. At least they get to stay home. They get to stay home and they get to wait for the 49ers. So, yeah, that's definitely an advantage. When you look at the time of possession the last two weeks, um, offenses have been doing a good job possessing the football. I, I suspect that the 49ers are going to want to get back to that in this game as well, too. Um, I do think there will be those design shots in there that we thought we were going to see in the NFC Championship game. But that brings me to my first rant of this episode. Um, the beef has been reignited. Hassan Reddick said there's a lot of boo-hoos. Uh, Debo Samuel says he doesn't. He doesn't regret saying anything when he called James Bradbury trash. Yeah. This is my message to the San Francisco 49ers. Put up or shut up. I don't want to hear about what you're going to do. I don't want to hear about what you could have done. Go do it on Sunday. You're not going to get a chance to win the NFC Championship game on Sunday. And you're not going to get a chance to step into the number one seed on Sunday. But what you are going to do is be able to shut up all of this talk that's been happening since the end of the NFC Championship game and has bled its way all the way into November 28th of this same year. You hear Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who doesn't even play for this team, who has problems with this team, right? Javon Hargrave's now on the other side. You know, uh, all the 49ers did during Super Bowl week when I was down there to talk about what they would have done. Um, All I heard was what the Eagles said about, well, they're, they're sore losers. Well, you know what? No more talking. Get it done. And if you don't get it done, I don't want to hear any excuses at all after this one. If you do not beat the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't want to hear an excuse about we could have did this. We No, 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 no. Sunday is your game. Get it done. Put up or shut up. I don't want to hear it anymore. No more talk. If the 49ers win, you don't get the NFC title game. But you let everybody know that if we need to come back here, we can do this again. So this is a this is more than just a win in the standings for the 49ers. It's more let's send a message. That if we do have to come back here, we're built to come in here and beat you. And also, we probably would have done this in the NFC Championship game. For me, just go ahead and handle business. No more talking. I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear any 49er from now until Sunday talk about that NFC Championship game. Talk about what you're going to do on Sunday. Yeah, it's a statement game, right? And and they gotta they gotta stand on business. Uh, on oh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, you they gotta stand on business. And stand on business. I I think I I think when when you hear Ayuk and and Debo talk about the game, I think they they talked to the media yesterday. You get the sense, right, that they're not trying to do any talking because they know, like, okay, we already did our talking um, after the NFC Championship game. And now we're going to let the pads do the talking, right? So it's really how it has to be for for both teams. And one thing that I think is not being talked about enough because there's so many storylines going into this game, right? I mean, is Brock Purdy. Like, what is the mindset that Brock Purdy is going to have going into this game? And if I know anything about Brock Purdy, which I don't know much, but I know how he he acts on the field and all that, the swagger he has to him, I think he's going to go into this game with, extra motivation right to prove that he could have won that game in Mm -hmm. the nfc championship and so i think we're going to see a great performance i think part of the improvements that we've seen in brock purdy's game has some to do with that play uh you know because he i think he blames himself for hassan reddick getting to him because he thought just a second longer about letting that ball rip to Ayuk, right Mm -hmm. and so what have we seen this year from brock purdy we've seen anticipation throws Uh, we've seen him being even more decisive than he was last year, right? So I think we're going to see all of that in this game, maybe a little bit extra. I just, I I think Brock Purdy is going to come to play. And I think all of these playmakers as well, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle even, like all these guys, um, because they got something to prove. Yeah, 100%. And I'm fine with you being upset about what happened in the NFC title game. 
I'm just tired of a talk of the talk about a game that is over now. Um, even though this win isn't going to give you an NFC Championship ring and send you to the Super Bowl, you still just have to let people know that if we need to come back here, we can, we can, and this is what we would have done. So, um, rant number two, um, and and then we'll get back to actual football. But we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I am tired of hearing about the goddamn Rocky statue. <laughs> and I want to explain something to everybody real quick. In 2021, I went to Philadelphia to watch the 49ers play the Philadelphia Eagles, led by Jimmy Garoppolo after a win against the Detroit Lions, and 49er fans plastered Rocky with 49ers stuff. Do we remember how that game ended? The 49ers won. Hmm. And then last year, people put stuff on Rocky, and the 49ers lost. And now it's, oh, my God, please don't touch the Rocky statue. Wait, guys. Are we 12 or are we adults? Are games played on football fields or with superstitions? Please, I beg you to stop worrying about something as silly as a fictional boxer. I mean, it's dumb enough that Philadelphia cares about Rocky as if he's real. They don't even like Sylvester Stallone. They like Rocky. (laughs) And yet you cannot deface a fictional character because it somehow has something to do with NFL football. Guys, wake up call. Games are played on football fields. They are not played by fictional boxers and their statues. Do whatever you want, fan however you want, but just know that decision has nothing to do with the outcome that is going to happen on the field. Yeah. It's not like the Eagles are like, uh, they defaced Rocky. All right, we're turning up to 12 now. Like that, let's get it. <laughs> it, it does not matter. I just, I just the amount of people nervous about a fictional boxer statue is insane, man. Guys, I'm more worried about what are the Eagles gonna do on offense on defense rather than did you put something on when you put something on Rocky? Like they don't even care about Sylvester Stallone. Rocky's not real, guys. Come on. Sorry, I had to get that off my chest. Personally, I, I rock with a uh, fictional Kyle Shanahan than a uh, fictional Rocky. Oh but, yeah, oh, uh, uh, fake <laughs> fake Kyle Shanahan's my goat. Yeah. I met him at the I met him at the <laughs> NFC Championship game in LA, man, and he's out there with the play sheet and everything. Oh man, but yeah, I mean, people even in the comments are like, "Man, that's bad karma." That's you know, are you? But 12 was it bad or... karma when they did it in twenty twenty one and one? I mean, I, I I just don't get it. How does it is which way does it work? When you did it in 2021, it worked, and everybody didn't say anything. When it happened in 2022, that's the reason that Brock Purdy's elbow got torn to shreds? Like, which is it? Guys, it's just, there's no rationality towards this. There's no, like, the idea of bad karma is only if you believe in stuff like that. None of that has to do with what's going to happen on Sunday in the game. Come on. Like, it's, it's one thing if you're superstitious. Like, I, I get it. Like, you know, sometimes if you, if the 49ers have one and a shirt that you keep wearing on Sunday, you know, maybe you want to wear it the next time around. I get it. But, like, we're talking about a statue of a of a fictional character. Like, it's not an actual <laughs> person. Like, come on He didn't now. even win in the first Rocky. <laughs> he lost. Yeah, so no, I'm not I'm not worried about it. I understand that people are superstitious and all that, but it's like like Jay said, it, it's only becomes real if you believe in it. But anyway, I, I have a rant Rocky of my own. Communism. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Brett for that comment. Shout out Brett Rubbeck. Being awesome in general. Yep. Um 
I have a I have a rant of my own. And because, you know, I come on here and I complain every once in a while. Uh, look, I did want to point out that the 49ers did improve in a number of areas in week 12. And so now I'm looking for them to continue, you know, that momentum and keep it rolling in week 13 against the Eagles. So third down efficiency improved a little bit. It went from in week 12, they converted 45% of their third downs compared to 36 in the previous two weeks. They also uh, turned 75% of their red zone trips to touchdowns compared to 37 in weeks 11 and 10. So that's great, right? You want to see that to continue. Ideally, you'd want to see the third down conversions increase even more. Um, But as far as penalties go, they cleaned that up. They had seven penalties in week 10, seven in week 11, just three against Seattle. Four missed tackles against Tampa Bay. They had five against Seattle. So that's something, you know, they're keeping relatively low. Here's one thing I want to see improve, though, as well. The 49ers defense has been getting turnovers for this team. But they're not doing a great job. The offense isn't doing a great job of capitalizing on those mm-hmm. turnovers. At least it's not, not as much as you would like. They didn't get any points off of Ambry Thomas, his interception. Um, they got just three points off of uh, DJ Dallas's muff punt. So I want to see more because those are big opportunities. And when you're playing a team as good as the Eagles and who are able to come back from behind, you like you just can't leave anything to chance. You can't leave any room for them to be able to come back in a game or anything like that. So I just think like I, I want to see more from the offense. You know how um, like Kyle has, you know, first 24, 25 uh, plays, plays of the game. Like, should he have scripted plays for like turnovers as well? Like, I'm, I'm starting to consider that. Quick I know change it's, of uh... possession. Hey, Kyle, yeah, like... that's that's something to add to the bag. You're absolutely right. And I think if anybody watched that game last night between Chicago and Minnesota, boy, riveting stuff. Uh, <laughs> Minnesota turned the ball over four times, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. The Bears scored zero points off of that. Right. And then they had to, like, win the game at the end. So, yeah. Yeah. Against Seattle, you can afford to make those mistakes because you can stop them defensively, but you're not going to be able to get away with that if you do get these turnovers, right? And right now, Jalen Hurts, who's the MVP candidate, he seems to be turning the ball over a lot. Mm-hmm. And in 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 a road game that you need to have, you're going to have to capitalize off that. Not three points, seven. You're going to have to put seven up. So uh, for me, it's uh, it's more about capitalizing on those things, like you said. And Eric Pruitt said, didn't y'all lose to Minnesota? Didn't y'all lose to Zach Wilson? <laughs> Just asking. Just asking. If we're if we're doing that. So but uh with the 49ers offense, right? It's going to be about ball control and it's going to be about the thing that they were trying to do in the NFC championship game that Kansas City was absolutely able to exploit, which is motion in the secondary. Motion in the secondary. Like you're you're moving guys around until the point where there's confusion. Nobody knows. That's why they were able to get those two wide open touchdowns. That's really what was going to open up the throw to Brandon Ayuk before he got injured. All that stuff is going to be there. So motion is going to be a big part of this game in terms of confusing the secondary, making Bradbury cover by himself, getting advantageous situations and letting that thing rip. So it is going to be a lot about running the football, which Philly hasn't been exactly great um, stopping. But it is about going back to that NFC title game game plan that Kansas City ended up executing in the Super Bowl in terms of moving guys around and getting guys confused and getting open throws, easy throws for touchdowns. Yeah, and and Hurts has been susceptible to turnovers, right? He has 15 touchdowns, but 10 interceptions and 10 fumbles. So that tells me the opportunities are going to be there for the 49ers defense. But again, the, the 49ers offense, they do have to capitalize on it. another little stat is Eagles have five games this season with multiple turnovers. So yeah, the opportunity is going to be there, but you got to finish the job um, to, to go along with your conversation on, you know, the motion and just what I think like the 49ers offense are going to want to do in this game. I mean, I already talked about the advantage that they have with the extra rest, but you know, I think one of the things that a lot of 49er fans are talking about is the Eagles passing defense, because mm-hmm. a lot of people have kind of seen that as a weakness uh, for this defense. They're giving up an average of 256 passing yards per game. That is 29th in the league. I don't watch a ton of Eagles games, so I don't, you know, maybe Eric in the comments can, can chime in on this one. I mean, I'm <laughs> or- sure he's going to say that they do everything perfectly. <laughs> or or Jay, if like you watch a lot of their games, 
I, I kind of wonder, like sometimes some of those stats could be skewed because teams have to pass against you, right? Like certain, yeah. you know, um, and so I'm they wondering actually, if it's kind of some of that because like they the actually have been, a good rushing defense. Yeah, they haven't been really blowing people out though. Like they've been in tight games, like pretty much all, all season at this point. Yeah. Yeah. So the 49ers um, uh, teams are passing on them 67% of the time. Uh Teams are passing against the Eagles 68% of their plays. So uh, kind of similar in, in the way that teams are playing against both of these defenses. But I think Kyle is going to be able to cook some stuff up, right? Yeah. And and I think with Brandon Ayuk being what he's been able to do, you know, this year, the connection that he has with Purdy, you know, I already talked about Debo Samuel. Kittle was quiet, you know, the past week, but he could be someone that, you know, could – potentially expose uh some of those open spots in their defense as well um the biggest thing though with me is that i worry about with the eagles is that they've shown hell of an ability to come from behind right yeah they lead the league in second half points uh yep. 49th, by the way for what it's worth um but i saw a couple stats that like kind of blew my mind but at the same time not really because i've seen it with my own eyes Jalen Hurd's quarterback rating when winning is 65.9. When losing, 121.9. His yeah. EPA per play when leading is middle of the pack. But when trailing or tied, it's a little over 0.4. And I saw it on a chart, so like the numbers don't really illustrate it like I'm saying it. But in the okay. chart, Hurts was far and away like had a higher EPA per play than any other quarterback um, when trailing or tied so that's the thing i'm worried about with the eagles offense more than anything and i think that's their greatest strength just their mm -hmm. ability to to be able to um persevere in a game it, you got to yep. play all four quarters with them and you can't get yep. comfortable yeah you know what i think that is bang on because the one thing that I admire about the Eagles and regardless of the circumstances of how they win they find a way to win and the 49ers still haven't done that yet right they haven't done that yet but Philly is just finding ways to win, and you have to give them credit. Now, you're going to blame the refs. You're going to blame drop passes. Fine, fine, and fine. But at the end of the day, they get the wins, and that's why they're 9-1, and one, right? Like, that, that's, that's something that you cannot overlook. But I wanted to go over some of their defensive metrics and their numbers. So total yards per game, they are 19th in the league for, with 341 per uh, game allowed, 5.22 per play, 16th in the league. They're third in rushing yards per game. The 49ers are actually second. But they are allowing 4.08, um, which is 12th on per play uh, rushing. 29th in passing yards allowed, 255.7. They are 31st in interception rate, 1.32%. They are not turning the football over in that fashion. They're actually 21st in sacks per pass attempt, which is shocking, 7.02%, um, especially with the way that they started out um, early on the gates. They allow the 27th most uh, first downs per game, 21.1%. Um, they allow 22.4 points per game, and they are actually in the red zone 28th, um, allowing a touchdown on 64 or allowing a score on 64.86% of those red zone trips. So, yeah, look, um, those numbers are fine, right? Like when you when you look at it that way, but somehow they still find ways to win the game. And I think that is is what we should be talking about. I think that's why a lot of people have. Jalen Hurts at the top of the MVP candidate, you know, list. I don't necessarily just because I think if there was ever a year to give it to a position player, it's probably this year. Just because there hasn't been one quarterback who's just been dominant the entire time, right? Like it's just it's for weeks you think it's Mahomes, for weeks you think it's Allen, for weeks it's Lamar, for weeks it might be Hurts, but it's not all across. For weeks it might be Dak, right? Like I think Dak's playing really good football too, and nobody ever wants to say anything about that because it's against you know some bad teams, but he is playing good football. Um, I just don't know, like me watching as much of the Eagles as I have, I think it's based on the fact that they just find ways to win games more than it is like Hurts being dominant. But yeah, I want to I want to say this, but I don't want to have it come off the wrong way, but it probably will anyway. So I'm just going to say it. While this team is nine and one, this team is not as dominant as they were last year. Like, I don't see the same team that I saw last season. And early on in the year, I was just chalking it up to new play caller. They'll figure it out. Right. Like. But we've got a 10 week sample size of them kind of just letting teams hang around that that they were normally dominating and and having games be a lot closer than they were. That's not to say that, you know, oh, this is what the 49ers should be, you know, like hanging their hat on, you know, whatever it is. But 
there's a lot of these games for the taking. Now, you know, MVS catches a pass or Justin Watson can catch a pass. We're talking about something completely different. You know, um, Buffalo Buffalo has Gabe Davis turn in the right direction when he's running wide open for a touchdown. That game goes a little bit different, right? You can't count almost losses as like a loss, but this team is not the same as last year because last year they were straight up just dominating people. And, and it feels like almost every game they're they're in the thick of it all the way to the end. That's fair. But at the end of the day, like they're they're winning. Like, <laughs> you know, if it, if the shoe was on the other foot, we'd be like, I, you know, I don't care how they win as long as they're winning kind of thing. So um, that that's all that matters in the NFL. If you're getting wins, you're getting wins. Right. Um, it's not like the same as last season when we were watching like the Vikings, like win against all those teams were like, they're frauds. We know they're frauds. Like, I, and I don't think that's what you're saying, Jay. Um, I'm just saying that it's like, I, I still fear the Eagles just for that one fact that they, they seem very resilient. Um, but I think there, there's a lot of things I think the 49ers do have the advantage in. It was crazy, right? Like, I think the 49ers defense is better than the Eagles defense right now. Like, if you're just looking at the past three weeks, and I know, like, it's a, it's a, a small sample size, right? But if you're just looking at the past three weeks for both of these teams, like, I would say the 49ers defense have the advantage over the Eagles defense. Uh, they're still at the top in points allowed category in the last three games are averaging 10 points um allowed to their opponents eagles are allowing 24.7 in their last three games that's same as the seahawks defense actually we just played and and curb stomped right so and you mentioned like the sacks and surprisingly like their defensive line is not getting as many sacks as you would think because they got some dogs there i think a lot Early of in them, the year they were yeah I think a lot of them like are built for like run defense mostly. Yes. Like um, Jalen like, Carter's a stud. I can't believe oh, they yeah. just let them fall to him. I'm I'm still pissed about it, but but yeah, he's <laughs> he's crazy. He's he's crazy. He's a freak athlete. And um yeah, so the 49ers sack rate since week 10 is number three in the league. They have 15 sacks in that span. Compared to the Eagles, they rank 24th in that span. It's a small sample size. Okay, mm -hmm. fine. If you look at the full season, 49ers sack rate is 14th, Eagles 21st. So, and that's crazy because you think about all those games where the 49ers defensive line weren't even getting that many sacks, and, and yet they have a higher sack rate than the Eagles defensive line. In this game, like, I don't think the defensive line is really going to be going for sacks in this one. I think you're looking for containment because Jalen Hurts is he's dangerous with his legs. He can get moving. He's quick. Yeah. So I don't think the sacks are going to be there for the 49ers, but I think that will be by design. I think you're just looking to keep him in the pocket um, as much as possible and, mm -hmm. you know, force him to throw, throw it out of bounds or, or whatever, what have you. The one thing I'd be nervous about with the 49ers offensive line um, against the Eagles defensive line, that's where I think clearly like the Eagles have the advantage because the 49ers offensive line has been, below average like all season that's putting it nicely right like i didn't want to use a <laughs> a bad term but <laughs> right uh, that's, that's putting it nicely for them i think brock purdy has done a ton to mask the deficiencies of this offensive line he creates more time for himself uh you know he's he's able to escape the pocket every once in a while i do want to say like just a sidebar there Purdy had a couple of like sideline throws, one to Kittle. There was another one to Debo Samuel. Both, mm -hmm. you know, didn't count. One was because there was a flag, and the other one, mm -hmm. I think, was out of bounds because Kittle got pushed out of bounds. But those were some nice throws. That yeah. was nice. I want to see more of that. Um, anyway, yeah. but, <laughs> you know, I'm concerned about the 49ers' offensive line. And tell me what you think about the right guard spot right now, Jay, because Spencer Burford was out, you know, last week. John Feliciano played in his place, but Feliciano went and gave up four pressures and I think uh, four hurries or something like that. And, mm -hmm. you know, in his place. So not quite the performance like you would have thought mm -hmm. to like sway you to be like Feliciano's are, are starting right guard for the rest mm -hmm. of the season. You think they rotate those guys like they did Brunskill and Burford last season? 
I think they probably do, but I think the the lift that Feliciano gave was in the run game and being able to get outside on those outside zones, um, especially I think when the Eli Mitchell was in there, um, I think that's how they really want to run him. So um, I think that can be cleaned up. I remember Kyle saying that he wanted to get him on the field. I if he sees something like where if they start Burford and he becomes to get overwhelmed, then they can always go back to Feliciano. So I think Kyle's not been shy about doing things that like that, you know, with the rotation, you know, after, after Brunskill. So I could see something like that. Absolutely. hundred percent happening. I think when it comes down to it, of course you want to see a second player develop like Burford, but they are very much in the fashion of like, Hey, we have a veteran and we have a guy that we know can do the job. Um, he can be adequate, you know, quarterback play can, can lift offensive lines, uh, linemen, uh, and vice versa, right? Like if, if Purdy's getting the ball on out on time and, you know, maybe he lost that rep, you won't notice it because the ball's gone. So it goes hand in hand a little bit. I think that if Burford is ready to go, I wouldn't be shocked if Feliciano started, but I know if Burford starts and he starts to slide at least even a little bit and Kyle just gets at least a little antsy in this game, we'll see Feliciano really quick. So either way, I think uh, this has been a long time coming where Burford like kind of being on notice and Feliciano has been, He's been admirable when he's asked to, when he's been asked to step in. So I, I wouldn't see anything that changes really with that. Let me ask you this. I talked about the pass defense because I think that's where the 49ers really need to succeed in this game. And I wanted to highlight two players in the secondary, um, Darius Lay and James Bradbury. And I think that their numbers are very telling as to where this pass defense is, especially in the secondary. So essentially, Darius Lay has 499 coverage snaps. James Bradbury has 488, so a difference of 11, essentially the same this season, both in 10 games. Uh, they're targeted a nice number of 69, both of them. Um, <laughs> uh, Darius Lay is allowing actually a 65.2 percentage of his catches, so 45 out of 69, 37 out of 69 for James Bradbury, 53.6. But, but the difference is the touchdowns allowed. James Bradbury has allowed seven touchdowns and an NFL passer rating of 100.9. Darius Slay has allowed two with 84.9. These are the two guys that you really need to go after and find a way to put them in position where they need to cover one-on-one with some of those routes that seem to be wide open, right, all the time. Like, we look around and we're like, why is Debo wide open? Why? Well, you know, this is the way that you, you can scheme up the offense. But it has to go through these two guys. Like, for, for Debo Samuel to say that he's not backing down from James Bradbury being trash, then, all right, you've got to go out there and you've got to do something against him right now. So uh, it looks like these are the guys that you would have to actually attack. And when you look at Darius Slay's number of 511 receiving yards allowed, 218 are on yet. And the average depth of target for both of them is James Bradbury 12.2 and Darius Slay 10.1. But I think it's quite obvious what you need to do on offense and who you need to attack. And I think that's that's where you go with it. Yeah, and I think it's funny. Like Debo has something to prove against both of the, <laughs> both of those guys, right? Because Darius Slay, unprompted, by the way, was talking trash a few weeks ago. Um, you know, so Debo is going to have it out for both of those guys. And yeah, I mean, I I think as, as we mentioned earlier in the show, like I think they are kind of susceptible to some big plays here and there in the secondary, and so. I think Kyle's going to be able to dial it up who whoever's going to take, right? Like, I don't really care what they do. If, if they decide to go the yak route, if they decide to go like possession receiver, Ayuk downfield, like, okay, let's do it. Like, I don't care. Um, but I think the 49ers have the playmakers to, to win any which way. And uh, Eric, our resident Eagle fan in the comments earlier said that Bradbury is toast. So um, he's burnt toast out there. So uh, he that's was last from an year. Eagles fan, right? He was so. last year too. That kind of happened in the Super Bowl, and it, and it, it was showing itself. And that's what the 49ers were about to do. So that's why, yeah. again, whatever yeah. it is that you were going to do in the NFC Championship game, do it. Like I don't want to hear I mean, anymore about what you would have done. Like I don't think you can do it to a T because like it's a different defensive coordinator now. So I think some of those things would be different. But like a lot of those guys are the same players, right? So you yeah. can you can you know what their weaknesses are. Kyle looked at him under a, a microscope and I'm sure he's, he has certain plays dialed up against certain mm-hmm. guys. So, yeah. And, and also Christian McCaffrey was on his way, I think, to having a great game against uh, the Eagles too. Like, I don't know. You remember uh, that run? Don't you remember that touchdown no, run? Man. Like just a, just for a just, yeah, just no, for a small second, hope. just for a small second, you were like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Is he, is he going to do this? Um, 
Yeah, that that's a that's a tough pill to swallow because he's like running through every eagle and he scores and you're just like, oh, like it's so close. Like, oh, my God. Like, hey, maybe. And then nah, it just falls apart. So, yeah. Also, shout out all the eagles. Thank you for the views. Um, You know, thanks for the engagement. Well, it helps us out a ton. I well, I will it. say this. I will say this. I. I'm the type of person who stand on business. One man army against 50. I want to I want to know something real quick. If this doesn't go your team's way and you're in here talking crazy, are you going to be back? Are you going to be back on our stream saying, hey, good game. You got it. Or are you just going to disappear? 100 stand on business. Stand on it. Because if you don't show back up, you're telling me what the Philly fans are. So, J.D. Davis, shout out to you. I hope your team wins, and I hope you show back up when they don't. So, just make sure you stand on business. That's it. Because we had this all the time. Cowboys fans come in here, and they're talking crazy. I think the Cowboys fans kind of learned their lesson about talking to us, though. But they don't show up after the game. They don't show back up. Rams fans talk crazy. They don't show back up after the game. I'm here for the banter. But if you're going to dish it, be able to take it and come right back. Make sure you Make sure you take in all the 49ers content. Once the 49ers get it done. Yeah, by the way, I'm predicting a 49ers victory. I mean, I wouldn't be allowed to probably do this podcast if I don't. But <laughs> stand on business and come back. Because if you don't show back up, you telling me what the Eagles fans are. You like talking when you're up. You like talking before things happen. But you won't come back and face it. So don't, don't be like a Cowboys fan. Don't be like a Rams fan. Don't be like a Seahawks fan. Stand on business. Stand on business. And... J.D. Davis, I stood right up in front of this camera after the 49ers lost that game. Yeah, he had and like I said, did. And I said, congratulations to the Eagles, and I made no excuses. You must not know me, but one man army against 50, I'm standing on business. Don't play with me. You don't know me, bro. You guys, see, you guys in the comments. I don't understand. People it. just be they're talking crazy the jersey, like they don't know us. Yeah, they're, they're making the jersey and the Drew skin come out of Jay. They don't know, but they don't know us. Like, regardless of what happens in this game, you, we still have a job to do. We still have to get up in front. Like, it's it's not like we can just say, all right, post-game show canceled or I'm not doing nothing all week. Dude, can like, you imagine, like, someone yeah. cancels their post-game? The yeah, team. like, just, oh, I'm canceling the post-game because a bunch of random internet strangers. Like, get out of here, man. I got to stand up, got to stand right up, and I got to talk about it. Like, so I'm worried about nothing. Like I said, I'm going to be here. Will you? And that's really what it's going to come down to. So. Yeah. And we'll be live uh, you know, next Tuesday, same time, same place. Yep. So look, I think again, all the talk, everything, right? Again, me being in Arizona, every Eagle was asked about the 49ers. Every 49er was asked about the Eagles. And they didn't really speak too much about the Chiefs while they were there, like while I was there during doing media. But all that talk needs to go out the window now. I don't want to hear any more, like, no more talking about it. Let the Eagles say whatever it is that they want. I think they've earned enough to, you know, obviously they won the NFC title game. They've earned enough to talk, so they can. Um, that's fine. But if you're the 49ers, just go out there, put up or shut up. That's it. No more talking. I don't want to hear anything more about what happened last year. I don't want to hear anything more about what you're going to do. Just go out there and do it. And right now, the team is as healthy as it gets. Aaron Banks is back as well, too. That's a great sign. Like, that's something that I didn't really see coming. Um, you have all your offensive weapons. There's no excuse now. There's no excuse. So it's it's time for the talk. We can talk because we're not playing, but it's time for the talk from the from the team um, to kind of just stop and just go ahead and just get it done. Be then after you get it done, then you can go back to talking. Yeah, and, and shout out P and B Jeff. He said, as an Eagles fan, we want uh, Brock yep. to play all four and, quarters of Sunday. No excuses from both sides. And yep. I want Lane Johnson to play. I want Lane Johnson to be good. I hope he. I hope he drank his soup. I hope he's good. I do not want to see him miss this game. Absolutely. I'm. I feel the same exact way. If Lane Johnson had to take off against Buffalo to be ready for this 49ers game, I love that. I love that. I want Lane Johnson to play. Dallas Goddard kind of pushing. Him I hope Dallas Goddard comes back too. Yeah. Is that it? <laughs> We're like, uh... is, that, is that it? Is that it? <laughs> yeah, man. I, Look, I mean... I'm I'm really happy about this game. This is this is realistically going to be the most watched game of the year, even though it's not national television. All eyes on Sunday will be on this game. Even people who don't get this game in their area, they will find a way to watch this game. This is the most anticipated game I think of the year, regardless of the Eagles and Kansas City meeting up for the Super Bowl. It's always been. It's always been this because of the way that that game ended. And and I'll stand on this as well, too. 
Sure, Brock Purdy not being there is a shame because the 49ers didn't get an opportunity, but America was robbed of an incredible game between the two best teams of Philadelphia and San Francisco um, when that didn't happen. So I think, again, that's why this game always has had the most intrigue because people want to know what would have happened, right? Like, and, and again, the 49ers don't win the NFC Championship game by winning this game on Sunday. But what you do let them know is if we got to come back here, we have precedent that we can do this again, and, and we, we can do it. So uh, this, is, this is the one. This has always been the game, right? Like you look at Dallas, you look at all these other ones, right? This has always been the one, and everybody's been having it really like circled. So, yeah, look, um, wait. For, it's this is it. I cannot wait. This is the game that we've been waiting for all year. Um, that's a perfect place to end it, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in early on uh, in Cali time, uh, about 8.48 Pacific time. It's not even noon here on the East Coast, but make sure that you guys are subscribed to the Gold Standard Podcast Network wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed to the Gold Standard YouTube channel. Make sure you like this video. Subscribe to, you know, Steph's uh, channel, Steph49K, mine, Jason Aponte, uh, uh, on YouTube as well. Shame, shameless plugs. Make sure you go to goldstandardniners.com. A lot of info there. Uh, a lot of articles there as well, too. And... You know, as always, enjoy your week. And this is an exciting week, man. It's it's two banner teams. And I think for me, the two best teams in the NFL that will be going at it on Sunday. I, I don't mm-hmm. think you could ask for anything more than that. Yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be a statement game, I think, for either team. And so I think both teams are going to bring their best. And that's all you can ask for as, 49, as not just a 49ers fan, as an NFL fan. Right. I think a lot of a lot of people who aren't 49ers and Eagles fans going to enjoy this one, too. Uh, so hoping for the best. Let's go. Yep, absolutely. So for Steph, for Jay, we're out of here. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This has been a Gold Standard Podcast Network production part of the Fans First Sports Network.